Hello, welcome to Local Anaesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex and this is Rob. Hello folks. And this is episode 232 now, 232, and this is a podcast all about well, news, local news stories mainly, in the main, we source them, and so do our listeners from local newspapers, local news sites. And I just, Actually, Rob, I just want to have a vent for a moment. You and me have witnessed the, the ever-encroachment of, of advertising and very annoying advertising on local news websites. Yes. It has now got to the point where on the new shopper, I mean, I cannot believe the transformation that's happened. Number one, there are there are adverts that take up the, the whole board of the page. So, so, so you know, the, the you know the actual story is there somewhere in the middle. Now, I'm getting pop ups that come over where you have to answer a question before you can read the article. I'm going. I have to say, there's one worse. There's one, some websites where if you refuse to turn off your ad blocker, closes the page. Down. Yeah, yeah. That is unacceptable. If I've gone to your page, I've gone there to look at news. I do not need to see. I think, this it, but I think it shows face. as well also that the, the, these local news sites are really struggling to survive because they basically well, we have to that, sell right? out completely. Well, they might want to up the quality of their journalism, Rob. That might be the first. Thought. Yes, but if that's the case, we're out of a job. I mean, not that this pays us. <laughs> no, no, too true, Rob. Rob, do you have any news before we crack on? Because I feel we've got a busy week, because I've got a lot of stories, I'll be honest. We do have a bit of a backlog of listener stories, so I think maybe we have a, another listener-based um, or listener-focused episode coming up. Very should, we, should we do that? Because, Rob, I was, as I was saying, we were having a conversation, weren't we, Rob, uh, on the way here today. You are going on honeymoon in about three weeks' time. Yes. The penultimate episode before you go away, should we do a listener story special? I think that's a good idea. Um, when Rob is away, I'll be carrying the fort. On my own, I'll, I'll do like a weekly, sort of slightly shorter podcast. But uh, I think it's also worth saying as well because we did on the last podcast uh, say we we're going to try and make these episodes more regular, more weekly, and and they the, haven't been. No, but to be fair, people will understand that last week it was a nightmare. Yeah, because yeah. we are recording on the sixth of March, and just to put it in perspective, you know, last week obviously the UK was buried underneath underneath snow, and yesterday, for example, I woke up to find that I had no running water at all. Uh, luckily, it is back now, and uh, I was slightly inconvenienced. For the matter of a few hours. When? Um, did you did you find travelling around last week hard? Because what I did find hard. I actually, on one of the days I tried to get into work. So normally I, I work in Central London. It takes me about an hour to an hour and a half to get in. One of the days I tried to get in when the Central Line went down and it took me three hours. And why did you try? I don't know. Yep. It was completely pointless because I had to leave work again early. And then it took me two and a half hours to get back. A productive day? Yeah. So did you say there was any news? Uh, no, not really. Like I said, people have been uh, still contacting us, so it's always appreciated. We we did get a rev- another review on the uh, podcast now, which is actually oh, from great. a work colleague of mine that I mentioned the podcast to, who said, Alex and Rob do a fab job of exploring the most bizarre and ridiculous news reports. These two are great. I find myself genuinely laughing out loud. Keep up the great work. Knowing this person as I do, that could be sarcastic. Oh, that's a shame. Um, no, no, let, let, let's go with the... Uh, let, let's hope it's not. <laughs> let, let's give her the benefit of the doubt and assume that was meant from a genuine place of... Uh, of uh, warmth. Also just worth saying as well that obviously just a quick reminder that you can leave reviews on Facebook as well. Kaiba is currently the only person who's reviewed us on there. leaving reviews on Facebook? And the other problem is we know now, don't we, that nobody's using Facebook. It's all 60-year-olds who use Facebook. Yes, We're on Spotify though, everybody, aren't we? We are, yes. Um, I'm, you can't leave us a review on there, but, uh, but keep listening. Yeah. If you want to leave us a review, the best place for, for, our, for our benefit for you to do it is on the Apple Podcasts app because that just raises our profile on that app. Or on uh, on a wall, maybe some graffiti. That would be appreciated as well. Which is pretty much what Face to Strange did for for a time. Very true. 
Rob, let's get on with this. I, I'm going to start. I've got a few stories to start off, start us off with, but this is related to everything that was going on last week. I don't right, know if okay. you heard about this. This is terrible. This was from the New Shopper, fifth of March. Um, no, no journalist wanted to be associated with this story. Great. Independent investigation coming after passengers trapped on Lewisham train. Right. An independent investigation will be launched after passengers trapped on a southeastern train at Lewisham forced open the doors and walked along the track. Reports from people on the train said they were trapped for up to five hours. Holy shit. And people were forced to relieve themselves on the train as the toilets were not working. Oh, where? Eventually, passengers pulled the emergency handles, opened the doors and chose to walk down the tracks instead of waiting inside any longer. As the rail conductor, carry, as the rail conductor carries 750 volts of electricity, Southeastern had no choice but to turn the power off. Robin Clark was one of the passengers on the train and he wrote on BuzzSteam about seeing people crying and the place stinking of urine before eventually <laughs> oh people God. forced the doors open. It really is This is the earth. breakdown of society. This no, is no, what happened. No, no, Rob, this is Southeastern. Right, yeah. Uh, this I is the daily occurrence. <laughs> he wrote, we were, on the, we were on the way into a third hour in this horrendous situation. My calves were on fire from the awkward position I was standing in and the need for basic amenities like a toilet break or a drink were all I could think about. I could hear several people in the carriage crying and the smell of urine had become apparent. As Southeastern had cut the power to the lines so they could de-ice it, we had no lighting and no heat. The carriage was beginning to get cold without any heating and some of the other pa- older passengers were visibly shivering. Can I just say, though... Of course you can. This train was in a suburb of London. Yeah. It was not stranded in the Pennines. You know, it wasn't that they were snowed in. Why did they not evacuate this train sooner? Because this to, is unacceptable. I have to be honest, Rob. If this was me, and I'm, I'm absolutely being serious, and the train was in a standstill and it was clear we weren't moving... Yeah. My threshold would be 45 minutes. With After 45 minutes, I'd be opening the door and I'd be walking off down the track. Yeah, do you know what? I would completely agree with you because this not, is unacceptable. Because to me, this is typical Englishness. Three out, well, I'm sure they'll get it. So, who the fuck is sitting there? We'll, I would, we'll give it another five minutes. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. But what would I do about the fact the track is electrified? Would I just step gingerly over it? Is that possible? Yeah, but it's, I mean, I've never walked down a, a railway line that's electrified my understanding um, is don't you have to lie across both for it to no that's, that's a tube oh, right. so on, on what they're talking about there's one rail and, and if you touch is, it you're fried yeah fuck the thing is though it's quite clear which rail it is so unless you're well, I've got no idea idiot, which one is it I've just got off the train I'll let you find out <laughs> no I've just got off the train come on you're a train man right so usually you'd have the two standard gauge rails and then there's a rail on it's basically if you're looking, uh, looking to me a on, railway track is this Left, right, slats in between. There's usually uh, there's a, there's a rail on the right hand side that's slightly, slightly thicker. Yeah, and it's slightly raised, and you can see it. Yeah. Yeah. So how what do you do? Just tread over it and hope you don't touch. Because I no, mean, you, you, there's no reason for you to come in contact with it. Well, I don't want to walk down the railway. I want to get off the railway onto the side. Well, ideally, yeah, but that's it. You just walk over it unless you're yeah, walking Rob, along the rail. But Rob, you'd only have to graze it with a bit of your clothing, and you're you're killed. Yeah, or you could just get off the other side. I mean, that's the that's the the, the you just you open the uh, you open the door on the side that doesn't have the rail. Well, I've changed my mind. I'm staying on the train and being a good right, okay. a good passenger. Southeastern said it will be appointing an independent investigator to review what happened, as well as to inform the rail accident investigation branch, advising them to carry out their own investigation. A number of South East London MPs have been very critical of what happened. Theresa Pierce, MP for Erith and Thamesmead, said she had a friend in her seventies stuck on the train for over five hours. She said. Delay repay won't cut it, which is like a scheme. You know, if you're delayed, you get a refund. Why I mean, was surely there... if they, they they'd be paying for a small holiday if they're going there for five hours? This is your point. Why was there not a staff-led evacuation of the train after an hour or two? Yeah. 
James Brokenshire, MP for Old Bexley and Sidcup, said he has been contacted by numerous people about what happened and will be pursuing RAIB about what happened. He said, I know that many people had extremely harrowing journeys on uh, what coming home on Friday night. I've been particularly disturbed by the reports of the conditions in some of the overcrowded trains with at least one passenger being put in a humiliating situation of having to relieve themselves on the train because of a lack of toilet facilities. What would be worse, Rob, is what if you desperately needed to defecate? <sighs> That's what the bins are for. <laughs> this is a good point, actually. I mean, in the space of, what, three or four hours, how fell did people turn? <laughs> Did they? Well, that isn't, you need to was there it. a communal area they were pissing? <laughs> yeah, did, did they designated once the toilet had had reached the brim? Um, did they arrange like uh, a vestibule area that was only for pissing and shitting? These so questions I, need I, I to did, be asked. In sorry, I didn't, sorry, I didn't see this one. Um, at least five people urinated. One person did defecate, and another person <laughs> masturbated. So I should, I should just say that. <laughs> Please tell me I didn't actually say that. <laughs> he couldn't hold out, Rob. <laughs> And he, Fair enough. He, he, was, he, was he, he still had an internet connection on his phone. So <laughs> good to know. Um, no, that of course is a joke. Um, but another story. You talk about feral. I, I'm sure you've absolutely heard of this. You must have done Double. because you use Twitter. If I say to you Ireland, if no. I say to you Little, oh yes, the people who ransacked Little. Was this it, just like ran- a JCB or something? Right, so this is right. This is from the the Telegraph, right, by Steve Bird. Gangs of thieves used the chaos caused by Storm Emma to use a stolen digger, so also a stolen digger, which yep. is brilliant, yep. to rip off the roof of a little before smashing into the store safe. Have you Did seen not the, know that. Have you seen the pictures? <laughs> no. There, there's a video. I hadn't seen that. There is a video, Rob. They turn up to little with a JCB. That is incredible. Oh, wow. Rip off the side of little and uh, little promptly, by the way, collapses. Holy shit! A few oh, days, a few days off. of snow, and they treat it like it's Armageddon, and they and they basically loot everything. Isn't that amazing? Just imagine, right? If we in this country had snow continuously for about three days, society would collapse. Yeah. Can I just say, isn't little German owned? It is, isn't it? Yes, I can just imagine yes. the German execs looking at this video, like they're all around the table in Germany somewhere, and they're like, "We are pulling out of the UK for good." <laughs> <laughs> like, like they, they would just be so disappointed in us as a country. This would not happen in Germany. I'm sorry. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with us as a people that there's a bit of snow and we think, you know what? Under the cover of snow, we're going to steal a JCB and demolish a supermarket. Alex, you cannot ask that question because if you, like, once again, if you do ask that question and we do start looking at ourselves, society will collapse. Yeah, okay. You're right, Rob. Um, a quick a quick couple of things, Rob, that may or may not be related to the UK animal murderer. Oh. One is from the new shopper by Tom Ball. Swan decapitated in Thamesmead and second killing in a week. Right. A swan has been found headless as a so-called Thamesmead swan ripper appears to have struck again. Well, are, is this not a brand new thing? So this is different than the UK animal killer. Also, can I not say, was there not a swan patrol set up a few weeks back? Yeah. Hang on. The Thamesmead swan ripper. Now, I thought New Shop would learn their lesson about using the word ripper because the, the, the cat killer was called the Croydon cat ripper and they had to change its and name. And swiftly changed, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Appears to have struck again. This latest slaughter is thought to be the seventh in a string of attacks on swans near Southmere and Birchmere Lakes. Now, if I, why wouldn't you be connecting that to the UK animal killer? Wouldn't that be right up his street? Can I just say, once again, all the, the murders in the, in the, the 20... Well, wherever they've called it now, the, the M25, the UK, they are not one man. These are opportunistic killers who... As what we, do you mean opportunistic killers? Are there people out there with that much bloodlust? I think so. 
And as we've already discussed, we know what's going to happen. They're going to move up and they graduate through all these I don't animals. wish any ill on the particular animal I'm going to mention, but one thing I'd almost like to see, because I think it would pull people into acting like, like, you know, like how they've all been like foxes this and it's just yeah. like, story like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like he murders a giraffe at London So, <laughs> Do you know what? That might be what, what, that can, can you imagine that? Just goes, just goes mental. And just like <laughs> giraffe. Just buys a ticket and starts. Just, just runs around stabbing animals in London Zoo. Yeah. Which, thinking about it, would be horrific. Yeah, it would be. Just the idea of him in the penguin clothes just stabbing penguins. Well, here you go, Rob. Paul West, <laughs> 14, <laughs> Paul, Paul West, forty-nine, is an animal activist who set up a volunteer patrol group to protect the birds as you remember is this still going Mr. West Mr. West said this was found early Saturday morning with his head cut off they haven't done a very good job have they no there was a homemade hook like a shepherd's hook found close to it I think whoever is doing this used a hook to get the swan and pull it we're doing our best to patrol the lakes but we can only do what we can do it's more important than ever that we get people on side now what's really weird Rob to me hang on since November seven other swans and a goose have been found killed near the lakes (laughs) what's really weird to me Rob is well hang on was this necessary? Oh, fucking... Could you not warn me before showing me that? Tell the listeners. Alex has just show me... Do you know what? If, if I didn't know what that was, I'd honestly think that was a mock-up. But that's horrific. There you go. Alex has just showed me a decapitated swan. For some reason, the new shopper has decided to show two very graphic images of a swan with its head removed. That is not suitable for local journalism. It does say at the beginning, warning graphic right, images. Okay. Um, under the Wildlife and Countryside Act, Rob, as you know, because we've said it many times, it's illegal to harm or kill a swan with officers facing six months jail. Great. All mute swans are owned by the Queen under prerogative right, except for a small numbers of marked birds on the River Thames whose ownership has been conferred to the City of London livery companies. Because they, their personal harem of shaggable swans. <laughs> Is that Which... a good episode title? A personal harem? <laughs> hang on, a personal harem of shaggable swans. I actually think that's brilliant. That just came yeah, so much of a defamation against the livery companies. No, but I, I, never, no I didn't say the livery companies. No, that's true, you didn't actually. And that was allegedly. Then uh, the last thing, Rob, is... Right. 26th of February, new shopper, by Liam McKinnery, who I assume is a new journalist. The body of a dead rabbit, Rob, has been found hanging in a tree in the woodland area adjacent to Hay Street Farm. Oh, God. The rabbit, believed to have died a few days earlier, was discovered on Sunday, February the 25th. Boudicca Rising. Do you remember her before? Boudicca Rising. Yes. Boudicca Rising of South Norwood. What an amazing name. South Norwood Animal Rescue Network. How do we forget that she's a member of this? Yeah. But Rob, what I can't work out is this quote. She says, the incident is not related to Operation Takahi, the investigation to so-called Croydon Cat Killer. She said, we were called to a report of a rabbit displayed in a tree, which is a, which is a positive reframe. It's hanging from a tree, displayed yeah. in a tree. Also, how does she know it's not connected? This is, this is my point. She says, when we attended, the animal was indeed tied into the tree. It had been dead a few days. We're treating this as a human-related incident. Well, it's not. It's a rabbit-related incident. And have submitted a report to the RSPCA. This is not related to the animal serial killer investigation, but still needs somebody to look into it. Rob, this operation, right, Takahi, I'm going to say it now. It's a fucking shambles. What, what, right, hang on. A cat turns up somewhere dead. Yep. That's the UK animal killer. Yep. Uh, uh, a rabbit is found hanging from a tree. Why is she so confident it's got nothing to do with it? Alex, this woman's no, but- called Boudicca Rising. <laughs> That's all you need to say to realise that she has no qualifications to say that this is a human. What, I mean, what does that even mean? What, a a human... rabbit has not killed that rabbit and tied it to a tree. A human has done that. Oh, I see what you mean. It was sort of, sort of didn't need to be said. 
don't well, understand. Well, no, sometimes there are rabbit-related domestic incidents that can end in the hanging. Yes, unfortunately, the rabbits are quite small creatures, and I think well, to... Well, I mean, maybe if they ganged up, they could well, have put up there. I don't know if you ever saw the Warship Down prequel. Warship Down was fairly dark, but the prequel to Warship Down showed domestic incidents happening between rabbits, and some of them ended up hanged. Right. I'll have to take your word for it. Yeah. Okay, before Rob tells us the story, off air, because we just took a little break, Rob did just ask me if there was a prequel to Warship Down. Yeah, George Lucas made it. There may have been. It's more than possible there might have been. I'd love George Lucas to come out of retirement and make... Well, actually, he isn't retired. He says he's going to make smaller films. But go on, make a Warship Down prequel. Do it. I like the idea that they're, they're, they're actually... About trade up, disputes. They, no, they, they grew up together. They formed, they formed this community of animals. And then in, you know, in the next film, it all went to shit. Yeah, it really did. Right, my first story. Now, I'm not really going to read this out, but I well, think this is... it's not got, really going to work, is it? <laughs> well, not all of it. I think it's got a good episode title. Right. I did like the one you, you suggested earlier, by the way. But again, it relates to the snow. The story is from the 3rd of March. It's from the Gloucestershire Live website and the, the citizen is that yes, correct yes it right. is the so, if anybody's wondering why i do that it did used to be called and i believe it is locally called the citizen the paper's still called the citizen and yeah. then the reason i do the nazi germany accent is for a reason i can't quite remember because no, we used been... to pretend there was some sort of fascist regime going on in not yeah. pretend there was some fascist <laughs> regime going on in gloucester base has been lost in the sands of time it really has <laughs> unfortunately which the, probably means the accent should, still persists it probably means it should be dropped probably <laughs> But, you know, listeners seem to like it, although they give no feedback to that effect. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my answer is, if the listeners say nothing, they like it. I mean, to be honest, there's a lot of things they haven't commented either, commented either way. Anyway, so this is the headline that I think might be good, a good episode title. The perils of sledging and how to stay, sl- how to stay safe on the slopes. It's and nice. something about the perils of sledging. It's nice. I like it. It's um, nice. I do like it. It is good. Now, as I said, it's, it's basically an article about how to stay safe when sledging. I'm not going to go into detail. Did you ever sledge, Rob, when you were young? I did. Uh, sorry. I it's not a sexual euphemism. <laughs> but fuck, what's wrong with you? How did you know from that laugh? That's why that's I went. Because I told you earlier, I know you very well. There is something about sledging does sound like it could be a sexual act. Me and my father used to sledge together, Rob, I bet you when did. I was little. Perfect. No, uh, Rob. <laughs> sorry. And but also, what's worse is if you go through this, there's certain things that you have, first of all you have to choose the right hill. Um, hey. You have to dress for success. Uh, is it, this was worth reading out. What else does it say? Get the right kind of sledge. Yeah. And follow these safety tips. Um, does it have on cottaging? As always well? sit face down. <laughs> right. Uh, young children should sledge with an adult. <laughs> right. Go downhill one at a time and with only one person per sledge. And never never ride a sledge that's been pulled by a moving vehicle. Okay, maybe that was about something else. Okay, <laughs> uh, have you actually got a story? I have, one? yes, right. I love you just said no, that's it. That's my, contrib- <laughs> that's my contribution. I'll see you next week. <laughs> uh, so, my first story, I've got two stories. The first story, again, is from the Gloucester Live website. The Citizen. And it, again, it goes back to the uh, to the Beast from the East from last week. So, uh, the story, again, is from the 3rd of March. And the headline, The Great Bread Crisis of 2018. Kingsville Great. Lowe's on sale for £15 and baguettes for more than 100 Where is this, Zimbabwe? No, in Gloucestershire. Why? Because <coughs> there's a bread shortage. Why don't they just drive outside of Gloucestershire, buy some bread and come back in? I was wondering that. Or order, well. order it off Amazon. 
There's been a bit of a bread shortage since the snow set in, and some people have been panic buying and deliveries Sorry, have failed what, to get to what shops. Bastard shopkeeper said, "I'm going to rate, take advantage of this crisis and raise the no, prices." No, it's, so- it's people who have bought the bread. It's like ticket tariffs. They they buy them and then but they put them on of, eBay. What kind of fucker of a neighbour says, "Yeah, yeah, you've run out of bread. You can have my fifteen quid." <laughs> Somebody trying to make a bit of money and clearly hates their neighbours. <laughs> and it they weren't putting though. it on eBay, though, were they? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, in that case, was a loaf of bread on eBay. I think, I think that there's there's you know, there's this comical element. Rob, to this. Rob, there is a theme going throughout this podcast this week. This shows us what would happen in in an Armageddon type situation. Yeah. In a War of the World situation, this is what we would do. Yeah. The first thing people would be doing is running down Sainsbury's, buying all the baked beans, and then putting them on eBay. A hundred pound a tin. I honestly think that if say if there was a week's worth of snow, deeper than maybe two feet. The whole country would come to a standstill and everything break down. And this is where, can I just say, when we critique political ideologies and 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 and, um, and systems of government and financial institutions and the way that we operate them, for example, if we criticise the capitalist model, yes. that's fair enough to criticise. But at some point, we have to realise that I think human beings naturally lead naturally lean towards this type of behaviour. Absolutely, that's where capitalism <coughs> comes from. It's not some ideology that's been bestowed on us. It is our natural way of being. Of let's let you know, let's hoard and exploit and sell on for good profit. What well, I'm, I'm probably going to mis- take advantage this. of a situation. Yeah, absolutely. But what's that quote? I think it's is it um, society's like three mils away from revolution. Apparently, so, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to the story. Um. And it seems as though some people are learning to earn some bread themselves. <laughs> Sorry, no worries. Um, earn some bread themselves by putting pre- uh, pri- by putting precious loaves up for sale online at comically inflated prices. Uh, so there's a, there's a, a nice picture here of a man who's put um, a fifteen pound loaf of King's Mill um, with the, with the description uh, thick sliced in excellent condition, best before the sixth of March, probably the best loaf available. <laughs> So but he'll get trashed in the post. I mean, he's not being serious, though, is he? He's clearly taking the piss. No. Really, you think? Oh, I hope so. I say oh, what? Well. Do you know, for the sake of humanity, I hope he is. Mm. However, this is not the only money-making individual to seize on the Great British Bread Crisis of March 2018. Is that a thing? Well, there was a chicken crisis, wasn't there? Oh, that's true, actually. That's a very good point. And then a gravy crisis. You heard about the gravy. How could there be a gravy crisis? KFC, after it ran out of chicken, it then started running out of gravy. Did and they, people were sorry, not happy. I haven't been to KFC in some time. I don't recall they, them giving you gravy. It's, it's one of the side orders. Yeah. So you, What, like Bisto? No, no. It's, they have their own res, special recipe gravy. You have your side orders, your classic side orders. You know, so did you, your did, spicy beans. Rob, did you coleslaw. suffer during this? Because I'm assuming you didn't get the chance to have a KFC. I had not. To be honest, I haven't eaten KFC for a while. But not this side of Christmas, anyway. Okay. I do like KFC, but um, yeah, ours, uh, ours, our local KFC burnt down in a fire, and that was about two years ago, and it hasn't been open since. So right. I'm very suspicious. Mm. I'm going to leave it at that. By the way, I didn't burn it down, just to say. <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't want to implement my... Uh, not implement, what do I mean? Implicate. Thank you. I think you just did, but anyway. Yes. Okay, fair enough. Uh, another seller upped the game by enticing the public with a freshly baked baguette from Co-op. The I was going to read, ask if somebody put baguette. From Baps? Did somebody put some Baps on no, there? No, unfortunately not. Oh. Uh, the post read for sale baguette, no longer available in shops across the country, open to sensible offers. One poor victim offered £100, but the seller believed the bread was worth far more than what he was offered. Of course, bread supplies are now returning to normal. My second story, by the way, it's quite bizarre, but uh, I saw this on Twitter and I had to feature it. 
So this is from the Metro. Um, it's from the. Why do I dislike the Metro so much? Because it's uh, a owned piece of by shit. The, um, yeah, the Daily Mail group. Yeah, and it, yeah, yeah, and you can tell. It's it's basically it's a Daily Mail light. Is yeah. what it is. It's a, just a horrible paper. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it's from the second of March, <laughs> and I love the story. It's not a paper. No, there's no fucking news stories in it of any journalistic value. I'm sorry, I've read through it. I'm finished. It's like a worse version of the Daily Star. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't think is possible. Well, I haven't read the Daily Star in some time. I mean, at least with the Daily Sport, it doesn't pretend to be a paper. <laughs> Steady Sports to the Round? Yes. Yeah, we're deviating. Sorry. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to start covering stories from the Daily Sport. Yeah, <laughs> I've decided. What? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's your new job. Just, Why don't you? <laughs> so, shall I? You could be the Daily Sport. Just wait for all the topless women and hopefully find some news in there. So. Yeah, I thought you'd enjoy it. Yeah. Headline. Massive Vladimir Putin hologram appears in Russia. <laughs> Now, I saw a clip, I saw like a picture of this, and I just thought it was a mock-up of somebody doing a Big Brother type thing. Did this actually happen? Yes. Oh, my God. The spooky 3D image of the judo fanatic strongman is visible outside an Olympic training ground in Tyerman. To view it, people must download the app called Photos with Putin. <laughs> I'm going to download that. I want to get home. <laughs> and bring along their smartphone to the large mark on the ground. It comes amid... Uh, amid- so it's not actually a hologram, then, is it? No, no. But you, the idea—it's probably Trump get winded. It's like it? VR, isn't it? Yeah, if Trump gets winded, he's going to want the same thing. Because remember when he went, oh, so he went to France Bastille Day. There was a parade because it's Bastille Day, and he comes back and says, "I want a I military, want a military parade. parade." Yeah, yeah. Not quite understanding. Yeah. yeah. Um, it comes amid a space of gimmicks promoting the all-powerful Putin ahead of the Russia's uh, ahead of Russia's presidential election in March. Well, Rush, this is very perfect. Cause you know about what happened to war. Well, I can't. Yeah, the, the, another Russian ex. Yes, official uh, has been murdered on, the, uh, murdered on the streets. And his daughter, apparently. And did you know that they are immune, like Russian agents are immune from, like it's not in Russian law, it's not a criminal act to murder a political opponent on foreign soil. Really? Yes. It's, it's, so it's actually... Enforced. So it's basically state-sanctioned. Yeah. yeah, and so and Russia say, oh, we know nothing about it. But obviously their whole policy promotes this. And, and look how many of his opponents have now been murdered on foreign soil. I mean, it's no co-fucking... Or, or they can't have all just been taken, um, committed suicide. Yeah, I do agree with that. I mean, I don't understand why people think this man has... What about this all these people who go... What about all these people who go willingly and work for Russia RT? I mean, it is dodgy. It is very strange. Like Galloway, the guy, you know, the, Alex Salmond. There's loads of them. And they all do it. And yet, RT is clearly a mouthpiece. It's just a state and... And the fact they... They're just on the take. Let's be honest. They're on the take. There's no other Absolutely. rational reason for it. Because I think there's a lot of people who, who actually work for RT who, who genuinely... Or uh, would genuinely argue that it's a legitimate news source mm. when it clearly isn't. <laughs> well, it's not just that. It's that what they will do is they will compare... I, I realise we're slipping into old general anaesthetic territory. Yeah. But they'll compare these two regimes. Like, let's say, the United States and Russia. And, of course, we all engage in propaganda of our own sort. But they're still not comparable. No. They're still not comparable. Russia is a completely different entity. It is not a democracy in the way that we understand it. We might have our faults, but in terms of who is at least making more of an attempt to... I don't, I don't think you can compare the two things. No. And I think when you have uh, opponents of, uh, of Putin, which happens quite frequently, turning up dead in suspicious circumstances, which has been happening for a number of years... I'm going to stop there because I'm just wondering if we're straying into some dangerous territory. 
Yeah, well, I was more. I, I to be honest, Rob, a lot of what I was saying there, I was try, I was saying to try and fit in with the views that I think you held. I mean, I actually, uh, I, I love Russia. I love the Russian people, but I particularly like Putin. I admire. He's a, he's a great leader, and RT is 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 a news source like no other. You can really go there, and you get to see another side of the news. And can I just say that everything I've just said was quoted from the from the Metro article? No, it wasn't. Uh, by the journalist. Uh, Don't implicate uh, him. <laughs> Uh, Kate Burke, she's got really got some extreme you, views. Wouldn't it be, and and that, that's not true. Those were Rob's views. And if you did wind up dead, Rob, that would be quite remarkable. It would really show the reach of this, of, of the octopus-like Russian state, wouldn't it? If you turned up dead. I'm genuinely scared now. Are you? Yeah, but that, that shows you then what kind of country, or, or sorry, what kind of political regime in Russia is, because that is the first time. You weren't scared when we slagged off the Saudi Arabians. You're scared. The Saudi Arabian hang, government, hang. by the way. That was the camel. It's a bit... It's a bit different to slag off someone's camel contest to possibly the most dangerous man in the world. Yeah, you did According it. to Kate Burke in her article. You did, I was just playing along. Right. Uh, I, I'm, I very easily succumb to peer pressure. Right, okay. I'm not that guy off the far show. <laughs> Do you remember? He was brilliant. Rob, can I just say, look, this isn't a cosy chat. This is a podcast and I'm as guilty as you are. There are people right now saying, get on with the story. Yeah, right. Okay, right. So where do we get to? Um, right. So, I mean, do you need to read any more of it out, or is that it? There's a whole no, about Putin. It, it, it just basically says that uh, obviously Putin is, is going up through his uh, his re-election, and it looks like he's going to win with a landslide. No, I think what's a surprise? I think it's going to be a tough contest. Yes. Yeah. Um, Rob, um, I I I've had this story knocking around for a while, and I really want to read it out just because it's bizarre. Um, it's from the New Shopper. Um, and it was back in the, the 10th of February. So I've had it. I have had it for a yeah, while. Yeah, that, is a, that is a long time. But it's worth reading. Retail bosses urged to enlist staff in fight against prolific iTunes scam. Now, Right. I, okay. I, I don't want to say anything. I just want to read it out and let you be the judge. Okay. Top bosses of major retailers are being urged to share details of a prolific scam with their staff base as a last line of defence against fraudsters. HMRC, Rob, has written to many of them following a high-profile iTunes phone scam which targets both the vulnerable and the elderly and cons them out of thousands of pounds successfully, I might add, Rob. What? So, do you want to know how this scam works? So you're vulnerable or you're elderly? Oh, do you have God. a prediction? No. Now, you, go on, make you, a prediction. Because I tried to work out, what the fuck can this iTunes scam be that involves a phone so, call to an elderly person? The only thing I can think is that literally they are calling these, these elderly people and saying, would you like to use iTunes to listen to music from yesteryear and then they give their card details over the phone oh Rob you're well off way off okay you're going to have to tell me because I can't I, I, I can't I see how you can monetize it this is what happens Rob well you when I tell you what happens you wouldn't think you could monetize it because you'd think how could anybody ever fall for this right the scammers cold call their victims that's the first step okay and impersonate HMRC members of staff I don't think it means actually like impersonating. Imperson- they pretend that they're from HMRC. Right. So, the co- so are you with me so far? Yes. I cold call you. You're an elderly or vulnerable I've person. I've managed to cast the concept of a phone call. <laughs> and I'm impersonating HMRC. Right. Now, because I'm, I'm dragging this out, Rob, for comedian. Because <laughs> it's ludicrous. They then tell them, so I then tell you, All right, so let's do it. <laughs> you answer the phone. Hello? Hello there, madam. I'm calling from HMRC, the, uh, the, the, the tax agency. Oh, is everything okay? Well, actually, you owe very large amounts of tax. Right. And it can only be paid through Apple I- Apple's iTunes vouchers. <laughs> Rob? Sorry, what? 
<laughs> That's the scam. You owe a large amount of tax, but it can only be paid, because we're HMRC, yeah, through iTunes vouchers. I don't understand. You owe me, Rob. I'm HMRC. You owe a large amount of tax, no, but no. I can't take it in sterling. I understand what you're saying. I don't, we don't accept <laughs> sterling anymore. We accept iTunes vouchers. Surely It's the new method of payment. It's a new British currency, haven't you heard? <laughs> it may be a new cryptocurrency that I'm not aware of, but surely it will take I knew more... To talk the pensioners through the process of buying Apple iTunes vouchers and just, and just say, give us can I money. have your card details? Angela McDonald, HMRC's Director General of Customer Services. It's really reassuring to see reports of supermarket staff off their own back, taking action to keep customers safe. Raising public awareness is the best safeguard against this what? vicious scam. Wouldn't, wouldn't you just put up... I don't, you don't need a sign to not be an idiot. Supermarket staff on, on the last line of defence against these frauds, fraudsters. So... Hang on. So, so what happens is the victims of the scam are then told to visit their local shop, Rob, to purchase iTunes vouchers that they then read out the redemption codes to to HMRC, <laughs> okay? who use it to purchase high-value items at their expense. No, there have been, no, Rob... No, this doesn't been, make Rob, any sense. more than 1,500 reports of the scam with the vast majority of people being conned over 65 years old, who, 65 years old who may not really know what iTunes vouchers are and averaging a financial loss of how much do you think each, on average? I hope it's no more than £200. £1,150. Oh, come on. The highest ever loss was reported last week when an 81-year-old man was rung by a scammer Told he was owed lots of tax to it. Was told he owed lots of tax to HMRC. Was told to go and buy iTunes vouchers and read over redemption codes, and did so to the tune of twenty thousand pounds. <laughs> Hang on! No! <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> Fuck off! Twenty grand. Yep. Yeah. Twenty grand, Rob. Hang on. Was this a one phone call? He went. He he did not go to his local <laughs> Tesco's and buy twenty grand worth of iTunes vouchers. <laughs> yeah, maybe he had to go to multiple shops. I don't know. I'm going to say, Rob, you're getting very exercised about this. I understand that you... you, you I know that you, you believe in the sanctity of government institutions and you don't like to see HMRC being impersonated like this. Do you know what we were... We, we, we is, were this any is this any different to the magic beans? It's like... It is like it's a very good it's point. It's absolutely amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But do you know what? I, I, first of all, let me say, I appreciate that the, the victims of this scan are pensioners and so they may not be tech savvy and I appreciate that a call like this would have honestly caused but, but alarm but, but and distress. It, yeah, but iTunes found. What, why? Wouldn't you be saying, why do you... What do you think this scammer said? So I, I'm a bit more clued up, and I say, why are you only taking payments through iTunes vouchers which belong to a, a private company? But also, I don't think HMRC contact you directly to recoup tax. I think that normally happens through your work organisation. But also, they, they would write to you first. And, and say and say we need payment through Apple's iTunes vouchers <laughs> with a diagram like and it shows you at the shop buy Apple's iTunes vouchers a hundred pound card ring up read redemption code over the phone I like the idea that there's like a really like crude stick drawing of you going to your shop buying these vouchers well, another question is didn't Apple make rather a lot of money out of this thing because a lot of people bought their That's iTunes vouchers do you reckon Apple's going to be refunding the pensions of that money <laughs> I've got no idea I do, I do feel for these people but I'm just I do worry that they've never questioned this <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. It is like being told, isn't it? Like you can, we can only accept payment via your nectar points. I mean, it's the equivalent of saying, "Could you?" Um, what please... is the equivalent of saying you've got to go out and buy a an H and M gift card yeah. to pay us back? Or could you just leave us, uh, you know, a blank envelope of, uh, of cash underneath a park bench? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's about well, makes as much sense. <laughs> you've just given them a new idea. Yeah, you're right.
Okay, Rob. Listener? Story yes, listen of story. the week? So, this is from Kyber. Ah. Now, Have he told us what he does yet? No. No, no he hasn't. He's holding out on us. It's fine. Um, now, unfortunately, Kyber, you've obviously been reading the Daily Mail, where this story came from. But uh, we'll let you off this time. Um, as, you know, we've also covered a story from the Daily Mail. Um, it's by Thomas Burroughs. And this is going back a bit. I mean, this is really going back a bit. Uh, so... Kyber only sent me this story a couple of weeks ago, but it's from the third, the third of November, two thousand sixteen. <laughs> right, and it's worth reading out. Is that good? I like it. It's I do like it. I must okay. admit. Rob, this this story is a year and a half old. Yes. Right. Headline: Mysterious man in a bizarre white rabbit costume <laughs> is leaving commuters baffled by standing on a bridge at the start of every month to wave at passing motorists. <laughs> So what, the first day of every month he does yes. this? Yeah, I'm not sure if he's still doing it. It would be, be good to know if he is. Well, but Rob, what worries me here, right, is what if that guy on one month jumps over the bridge? Well, he's obviously happy, though. He's waving at motorists. No, what if since the time of this story this man has leapt to his death and you're all reading it out? Why, where, where was this? Uh, Barnes. <laughs> White Rabbit, Southwest Barnes. London. Um, do, you Tra- his, do you want his name? Trains. Uh, yeah, it's Spike McLarity. He looks very happy. Man in rabbit costume washes up on Thames Bank. No. When's your story published? Uh, This is uh, the 3rd of November 2016. Okay, come on then. Keep reading the story. There's nothing about a suicide. Good, good. I've got a picture of him though. (laughs) He's got a Mohican. Uh, have I got oh actually I don't think I've got a picture of him with his and for some reason he's wearing on. sunglasses over his glasses which is always okay so he's that kind of person oh right so, he, so I've got the picture of him on the bridge he properly is suited yeah he's proper white rabbit I think it's just a nice gesture Alex I think he's just trying to cheer commuters up on their day to day commute that's all he's, it is there's a picture of him with Boris Johnson dressed as the rabbit okay that's a bit weird we've, we've long speculated Rob that at some point Without any of us being aware of it, we are we are living in a parallel dimension. Yep. And things like this seem to me to be breaks in the matrix, as it were, aren't they? Because this, this, and then there's a picture of him with Boris Johnson. Also, do you remember... The Mad Hatter himself, by the way. Yeah, good point. Yeah, very true. Also, I seem to remember there's a picture of um, President Trump with the, with the white rabbit as well. You're right, here he is painting a picture of him as a white rabbit lying on a beach. That's quite um, abstract. How many? Just bear with me a second. Trump, white. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Are we through the looking glass? I'm concerned that might be the case. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have be onto something. Oh, oh, okay. It's not just Trump. It's, um, it's President, uh, President Bush as well. Oh, and Obama. Oh, and uh, must be something to do with Easter, I assume. But Rob, I really hope so. Yes, I think you were asking: Are we are we living through the looking glass? It's a possibility. Yeah. Anyway, on with the story. Well, uh, <laughs> anyway, sod it. <laughs> not much we can do about it, but get on with it. I, the thing is, we've often. If we are, it's not a great looking glass, to be honest, because my life doesn't feel well. Presuming I can remember life before going through the looking glass, it doesn't feel that much different. I, I would have hoped that going through the looking glass would mean you're suddenly financially rolling in cash and there are, I don't know, smiling Cheshire cats in trees. It's a bit more fantastical than what it actually is, me yeah. trudging through the snow to get to work. True, true. Back to reality, this man dressed as a white rabbit. 
It is a bizarre spectacle that has left commuters in West London baffled, if not a little spooked. On the first day of each month, artist Spike McLarity dresses head to toe in a white rabbit suit, sits on Barnes Bridge, and waves cheerily at passing motorists. Because how many of those passing motorists do you think, let's speculate one in 20, wondered if they were hallucinating? Yes, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think if I, would, if I was going to see a white rabbit, I think I'm either very ill or I probably need to get some more sleep. Yeah. Um, not at the wheel, obviously. The six foot tall rabbit was once in uh, was once out in force. Sorry, was once yeah was out in force again on Tuesday morning, perched on the wall beside the Thames to bring in November. Mister Larity uses the outfit to cheer people up, although some have claimed his costume is sinister, <laughs> which is a fair point. Um, I'd have loved it if somebody like citizens arrested him or just shot him. <laughs> like, like, that seems like, like a bit extreme. No, 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 or, no, no. Do you know what I mean? Like wrestled him to the ground, like like wrestled him to the ground, and we've heard to shout beforehand, pervert. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, yeah, he could be right there. Um, the Kingston University hiding graduate. in plain sight, Rob. But also the Kingston University graduate. This is what he's done with his life. Yeah, I, what I was thinking of. How the fuck? I know he's an artist, but how the fuck has he got time with? His... I love the fact you did air quotes when you said artist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, how the fuck has he got Fucking time? On his, how the fuck has he got time on his hands to do this? I mean, he's just doing it once a month. Nevertheless, Rob. Yeah. And also, does obviously... he sit there polishing his carrot? <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't. Well, there's no picture of that anyway. Right. Um, the King's University graduate has positioned himself on Barnes Bridge for exactly a year and said he was overwhelmed by his recent fame. The artist, originally from Edinburgh, said he wants to cheer. Uh, he wanted to cheer, celebrate each month with a smile and bring a bit of cheer. But as why people, a rabbit? Well, p- people like rabbits. Do apart they? from that person who killed it and tied it in the tree. <laughs> Do you not like a rabbit? Who doesn't? Who doesn't no, enjoy I love, a rabbit? Yeah, I love rabbits. They, you know what the thing is about rabbits is they look very cute and cuddly. They can be quite aggressive. <laughs> but this is a man dressed as a rabbit. If I owned a rabbit, I would, I would worry that if it was out, like if I left it outside the cage at night, that it would gnaw my brains out in my sleep. Right? Wouldn't you? No, really. No. I, I mean, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't worry about that. A cat. I would worry about it with a rabbit. I think the trouble is, I think a cat would be more likely to eat your brain. Because, I mean, there's been experiments, then, that if cats... You know, if, if the owner dies in the house, the cats will automatically, instinctively, start eating the owners. After some time, though. Not, like, immediately. I, I think, once they're dead, I mean, they'll check the pulse, and literally, within half an hour, the body will be gone. I mean, they'll check the pulse. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, though. This is, this, is a, this is a valid fact that cats will, if, if they're left to starve long enough, will start eating their owners. We all would. If you die here and I've got no food, given enough time, I'm going to have to chop off a bit of you, fry it up and eat it. See, yes, you know again, what, actually, I we've, we've just been talking about the snow and now you're telling me that give it a few hours and you, you start know, eating I actually me. wouldn't be able to bring myself to do that. I would feel repulsed. I wouldn't. I'd, just, I'd starve rather than eat you. It is, it is uh, I must admit, an interesting dilemma. How long would it take for you to start eating someone? No, I, I don't think I ever could. It would feel too weird. I also don't think it would be that I'll give nice. it a couple of days. <laughs> I couldn't do it raw. No, you don't... No, I think you'd have to cook it. I think there's something too cannibalistic if you're doing it raw. At least if you cook it. I don't know. I, will, I have to be honest, I wouldn't. I think I would just find some way of ending it quickly for myself. Don't yeah. know how. How would I? Because all I've got is your dead body. How do I kill myself with your dead body? Has this been the most, the most dystopian episode we've ever done? <laughs> I don't know, Rob. I just don't feel... I'm not feeling great today, I'll be honest. I think Rob's quite tired. I'm knackered. I'm really worried about listening back to the edit of this, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> well... Because it feels like we're still losing our sanity. <laughs> it's been incredibly unstructured. <laughs> yeah. We apologise for that. Hopefully you're enjoying it. 
Oh dear. Right. Um, hang on. Okay. The artist originally from Edinburgh said he wanted to celebrate each moment with a smile and bring a bit of cheer as people headed off to their daily commutes. He is greeted with a cup of tea by local resident Louise Johnson before spending the morning waving at motorists. This man's a loser. <laughs> what an absolute fucking idiot. Yeah. Oh. I think we should just end it there, Rob. Yeah, okay. But yeah, but basically that's that's what, what we've just heard about there. Yeah. He's one of those people who thinks he's a little bit crazy. I mean, look at that. What's he doing there? Okay, this is a picture of him as a white rabbit, but dressed as in kind of gangster attire. So he's got the long chain. He's got he's got like a kind of Ali G type hat, and he's holding a heart, a big red heart that says "Life is a what?" What does that say? Is it not just possible? Life that- is a bikini. Hey, in September he sported a bikini, saying, "We are so much surrounded by fear and hatred. Let's embrace the things and people we fear and let love eradicate." I don't know where the rest of the story's gone. Fair enough. <laughs> But also, is it not a possibility that most of most of us that see him, that drive past him every first day of the month, think, oh, the dick's back again? No, but do you reckon after a while it, he got he started getting heckled? Oh, we Fuck off, mate. <laughs> <laughs> just drive by abuse. Throwing carrots at him. Just like, you know, just, yeah, it's like a tin of carrots at his head each time. <laughs> Take that, you rabbit prick. You rabbit prick. So <laughs> I don't know if this has been a good episode or not. I'm gonna check. I actually am going to come down on the side and say it's been shocking. It may well have been. I, th- I think it could well have been absolutely terrible. Do you know what, listeners? If we, if it is the case, I do. We apologise and uh, hopefully be more rested. And Alex is and, and they're meant to be more regular. So if this is if this is a quality we're doing with a two week gap, <sighs> maybe we, 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 we will, next week, Rob, there'll be one, won't there? We, we, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but there's be. no reason why we shouldn't be recording next week. Uh, look, that brings this episode of what is meant to be local anaesthetic podcast to a close, um, and uh, we look forward with a mixture of with a mixture of eager anticipation yet trepidation to our next episode, which will be two six. <laughs> Two, three, four. No, two, two three. Oh, no, hang on. Two, two, is three. Is it two? Two, or is it three hundred? Hang on. Sorry, listeners, bear with us. Um, we forgot. They don't care. <laughs> we forgot. He switched off a long time ago. <laughs> um, two, two, two. No, hang on. Two, three, three. Two, three, three. If Apple moderated these podcasts, I don't think this would be allowed on. It would just be. It would just be. I feel like be, I've heard podcasts that are worse than this. Not, <laughs> not many. But. This particular episode, yeah. maybe people are loving it, Rob. We've yeah, got no idea. Know. As I said, I'll only find out when I listen to the edit. Um, it does feel like, like I said, a slow decline into madness. <laughs> as we move ever more forward, like uh, a man in a rabbit costume being escorted off by police for disturbing the peace. Nice, yeah. Just like that, we move ever more forward to our next episode, which will be episode 233. And we can be found on our website, which is lapodcast.net. You can download all of the episodes there. You can donate to the worthy cause that is this podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners again, all the people who donated to help us buy our new mic after the last one died. Amazingly generous of you. And we're on YouTube. If you search for LA Podcast, there are some videos there. We're on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash LA Podcast. We're on Twitter at, at LA Podcast. And we are now on Spotify. You can listen to us on Spotify, which is amazing. Mm, absolutely um, 
That's all I normally say, isn't it? I, oh, no, if you want to submit us a story, of course, and we are going to... So keep submitting them, because if you haven't been featured and you're thinking, why the hell didn't, haven't they read out that story? We are going to be doing a listener story special in a few weeks' time where we're going to read all of them out. And I, I really do love those episodes because... Yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun. They're, they're often better than the ones we find, really, when you put them all together in one episode. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you want to send us a story, you can tweet it to us, you can post it on Facebook, or you can email us. The good old-fashioned way at lapodcast.net lapodcast.net at gmail.com lapodcast.net at gmail.com and if you do find it find the time if you have a, a bit of free time and you want to leave us a review on the Facebook page or even better on the Apple's pod, on Apple's podcast app and it's really easy to do to leave that review we would really appreciate you taking time out to do that because it does really help support us and just grow that listener base as we've been doing over the years and that's it thank you for listening we hope it we hope it was enjoyable that it came out alright in the wash because yeah. the problem I'm thinking is Rob I don't know how I'm going to make this better in the edit but uh, uh, do you know what? I don't think you need to worry. We just we just put it out and we glaze over it. <laughs> no, no, it, it always has to be edited, Rob. Every episode since the beginning, Rob, has always been edited by myself with diligence and care. God bless and keep it local. <laughs>